Hey everybody, this is Rita Springer. Welcome again to the Rita Springer podcast. I'm so excited that you've joined uh, me today for another, I don't know, hopefully exciting addition to just truth around the table and telling it like it is. You know, I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm excited today because it's taken, I don't know what, Anna, two months. (laughs) (laughs) Two months for me to finally nail it down with Anna between my crazy schedule and her schedule and kids and dogs and broken washing machines and all kinds of life stories. But I have been wanting to interview Anna Asbury for a long time and just sit down and have just some real talk with you and talk about your story, your journey. And I want to find out about I want you to talk about like your whole journey in painting. Like that's one of my favorite stories. Yeah. And just life, like your life as a wife, a mom, a worshiper. Uh, you're a songwriter. You yeah. Have songs. Yeah. And so I, I'm just, I'm so excited you're joining us. I'm hoping this works because we're doing this via iPhones. I hope so. You're 15 minutes, what, 20 minutes down the road. <laughs> Somebody's got your kids yeah. for for an hour or so before they come screaming back into the room. Everybody <laughs> might get to hear the kids. <laughs> oh man, wait for the day, Anna, when they're like, "Well, you may not you homeschool, so you may not get that break." <laughs> Maybe one day I will. You have one. You have one in school, but the rest of them are all homeschooled. They are. See, I'm like, I say goodbye at seven fifteen in the morning, and I don't see him again till I don't know, sometimes six thirty at night. Yeah, because it's sports too, huh? Sports, yeah. Because yeah. but yours is in sports. Your Gabe's in sports. He's in sports. He's, he's getting into track right now. So uh, I yeah. drop him off super early, like you, and then I don't see him about yeah five six. Yeah, yeah. But the girls, they're with me at all all times. the time. <laughs> oh my gosh! But you love homeschooling. I do. I love it and hate it, but I love it for the elementary years. Now, did you do Gabe for elementary? I did. did. We did a little. We did a little bit of everything, but um, I had him home mostly with me. Yeah, and then once he hit sixth grade, since he's the only boy and the oldest, it was a healthy uh, decision to stick him in school. <laughs> having one boy, you've got the girls, but having one boy and that interaction with other guys and boys and playground and. 100%. He needed it. He needs the sports. It's middle school. Yeah. And it was easier at that point. You know, we've talked about it before, just not having to do all that going back and forth, trying to figure out how to keep him busy. Uh, the school provides all that. Yeah. So, and I needed that. Yeah. So, and he needs that. So yeah. everybody's good. <laughs> now, I've always thought like people that homeschool their kids for the most part have to be super patient human beings. I mean, like when it's multiple at the table, Anna, you have to be like so patient at the table with those kids. I would probably be like giving them recess every 15 minutes. <laughs> well, you look at my Instagram today. It's just me and Lily taking pictures of ourselves. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. It is. Just Daisy, you're like, I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it does take a lot of patience. You know, I would not tell anybody to ever do it unless they felt like they really were supposed to. Yeah. Because it is not the best decision. Like, there's some people that think homeschool is the only way. And I I don't believe that. <laughs> I believe that it's really, we go year by year, every year. The Lord could tell me, you know, tomorrow, stick them all in school. And I would stick them all in school. The reason that I love homeschooling the girls is honestly... This is going to sound so ridiculously practical. I don't want to be in the car carpooling everybody. And so if I have all the girls at home, there is this element of peace that comes in the home that just adds a little bit more rest to me, to the girls. And I just love the creativity that it brings. Because I am so creative, homeschooling just kind of tends to go in that direction for our family. And I just love doing that with the kids so with Gabriel I I did that we but I'm also not you there's some people that are like very and I love I love everybody's decisions and what they do but I personally am not like the wild and free like they just learn as they go I want them to there needs to be some structure in our lives so we do school we do a lot of creative like hands-on stuff we spend a lot of time outside 
And I love that for the girls. I feel like it kind of it kind of slows down the growing up process a little bit and lets wow, the kids yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah. I mean, I have to, you know, I mean, you don't meet a you don't meet a really good homeschooled parented kid that isn't just aware of people, aware of you know, the outside, aware of their surroundings. They're, they're super, Yeah, they seem to be super aware, which I just, you know, there was guilt in the beginning for me not being able to do it. But because I was mom, dad, I was the one that had to do the income. It's oh, just totally. impossible. It would be so impossible. like I could hire somebody to do homeschooling. And I just, I like you're saying, you pray about it every year. I was like, Lord, what do I do? And he led me to, the school every year and yeah. if it was the same school he'd be like no keep him in that keep him in that keep him in that so I yeah. feel like I you know I tried to follow God as best I could with that but I do yeah sometimes you man you have to combat I'm sure you're combating that with with Gabriel but it's just like you send your kids to school with in a Christian school and and you realize pretty soon as they're going there that's <laughs> like not everybody's a Christian at the Christian school. <laughs> oh, no. So and you're just like, please, God, let them pick the right oh, people. Oh, I know. Please, I God. know. Yeah, which is sometimes part of happens, the sometimes process. Sometimes it doesn't. Gosh, yeah. And you don't have to worry about that when they're right under your wing all the time. No. I, I will say this. Uh, last year, after we put Gabriel in, in private school, I had this freak out moment because they use iPads in the school, you know? And I was like, Oh dear God, I wasn't ready for this. This is a whole new thing. And he's 13 now. And, and I mean, let's be real. There's a whole bunch of crap out there that he has full access to now. And he's a good kid. But I mean, that's a whole bunch of, of just stuff there, you know, waiting yeah. to be discovered. So Corey and I sat down and we're like, we're pulling him. We're pulling him out. We're done with this. And I, I had this dream that night. And in the, in the dream, I was leading Gabriel to all these comfort stations of food. And I was completely in control. And I, I was telling him, but what I wasn't doing in the dream is there was no risk. There was no adventure. There was no trust. I just was leading him to what was comfortable. Mm. And I woke up and I felt like the Lord said, why do you keep choosing what makes you comfortable for him when I've called him to be something other than oh, that? That's so good. And I realized it was it was just me wanting to make myself feel a little bit better that oh I have control. Yep. And I don't want to trust that that the father actually has has this and has got him. I want to feel like I'm writing this narrative. I have control. He is under my wing. And the father was like, uh-uh. No, I want you to trust me with your kids. And so that's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it is a man. It is a walk of trust. But when you think about it, I, were you homeschooled? I did all of stuff, but my mom did homeschool me a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in public school from the time I could go to school, and obviously, it's different. But I, I feel like there's part of me that that became really well rounded to different types of people, and having to. I mean, I, I, I remember I was in a school where the principal paddled you. Yeah. <laughs> that just yeah. needed me but like like you're in the principal's office and there's a paddle hanging on the wall with the holes in it and so even though there's a little bit of fear in the there holes. I, was never, I, was I like, remember oh, those yeah. paddles with the holes oh, yeah it almost seems like when the air got through it maybe it, it slapped louder or something i don't know but That's the marks on your booty yes but I mean, I never, I, I never had to deal with that or got in trouble enough to do it. But I just remember having to actually engage with people that really came from really like completely different backgrounds than I did. And I feel so um, connected to people because of that now. And, and I, I think if we all just pulled our kids out of, out of schools saying, oh, we don't want our kids to be influenced, then how would the Lord be able to use them in places like 100%. that? So, but I do think, you know, for those that are listening and feel that way, it's like, it really has to be, are you talking to the Lord? How yes. are you parenting at home? What's the Lord saying? Mm -hmm. Do for your kid what you feel like God's saying. But you have to be able to have your ear pressed to the Lord as a parent. Yeah, you do. To listen to, the, to what, what's good. And each kid's different, right? I mean, I had one. So different. Yeah. Yes. Each one of my, each one of my, it's just so different. 
right now I'm kind of pairing the girls together because it's, it's just practical. But as they get older, especially once they hit like fifth, sixth grade, the asking about what's the best for them gets a little more intense, you know, and you're having to listen a little more clearly. It's because they're not, they're not the little babes anymore. You know, you're just what they start to decide and where they're starting to go in the direction they're heading gets a little more important and you're trying to guide them and discipline them and, and disciple them into the right direction for their calling and who they are. And so we're about to get there with Lily. But Gabriel and Lily are four years apart though. So he's been our guinea pig. Poor thing. He's probably going to need tons of therapy. Oh gosh. Well, I used to, I read an article once um, with the actress, Michelle Pfeiffer. She did this article and she said that when she was, found out she was pregnant, she started putting money in a jar. <laughs> and she was like, by the time they're like 18, they'll have, she'll have collected enough money for all of their therapy. And I was like, man, that's true when you have a kid. You're just like, it is. it's a long shot here, but you may need therapy after this one, you know. Honestly, and I think I used that used to be like the scariest thing to me. Um, I did not, I was so scared to fail as a parent. And you know, how they do was such a, it came back. It's actually a, cause it was a reflection on me. And I think if you can have an outlet like that, you'll be such a better parent. If you just know I'm human, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to lean on Jesus as much as I can, but ultimately this is your kid. Yeah. And I know you're going to be really faithful as I listen to show me what to do with them. And sometimes it looks like you just, jacked them up pretty bad and then other times it's like oh you see a little bit of fruit <laughs> yeah sometimes the fruit time, days, I don't see very much fruit <laughs> sometimes the fruit days are like few and far between <laughs> last night I was talking to Corey and I was like something awesome happened what if our kids shared something the Lord shared with them and I was like let's just take a moment and say yeah, this yeah. please <laughs> I know I used to be, when I was on staff at Gateway, I remember one day, one of the um, youth pastors walked by, you know, because our our, win, our offices were kind of glass, you know, so people could see it. And the youth pastor walked in, he passed by the office and he turned around and he came back and he poked his head and he's like, man, I love watching your kid worship on Sunday, uh, I mean, on Wednesday nights. And I was like, my, my kid worships? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, come He's again. Like, oh, yeah. Hands in the air, hands in the air, everything. And I was like, my kid worships. I felt like somebody had given me like a diamond necklace or something. I'm like, I've never seen him raise his hands ever, you know? So sometimes um, they're the way they are with other people is probably the biggest reflection of the household. Yes. You know? Yes, uh, this last week, that was a huge thing with our girls and with Gabriel. It was like I was feeling in the dumps, honestly. Like, gosh. I am not seeing much fruit. I'm putting all, I'm giving my heart and I'm like white knuckles trying to do my best, you know? And the teacher comes up and shares something, a word that Lily had given her and brought her to tears. And I was like, she knows how to give a word, <laughs> you know? And I was like, it was, it was like, oh, maybe I can't say yes. Anyways, it is. Those, those are the best times when, they are showing off or, you know, they're being themselves, but they feel more free a little bit sometimes to do that yeah. in different settings, which is why it is good, even with homeschooling, to, I think, get them in those settings so they can spread their wings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you did you want four kids? No. <laughs> I mean, was so that was having like that many kids, which that's not a lot of kids, but having that many kids, was that like a, did you want to grow up and get married and just have tons of kids? You know, I wanted kids when I was a little girl. Like I, I wanted to be a mom so bad. And as I got older and got more independent and I just wanted to, I didn't even really care about getting married. <laughs> and I was really settled with the fact that I didn't have to get married. And maybe one day and maybe I'd have kids one day, but I just, I really, I loved ministry. I loved singing. I loved worship. I loved teaching. I loved all of, I fell in love with all of that stuff. And I fell in love with Jesus. And I just, I don't know, it wasn't a priority in my life. And then I met Corey and um, I, all my desires, they just started to change. Wow. Yeah. And it was, I, it took me a second with Corey because I was a little bit angry like about it. Cause, uh, I was 19 when we started dating 
Where did you guys meet? In Kansas City. Okay, okay. That's right. We met he was I, at the House of Prayer for years. Yep. We were there nine years. Isn't that crazy? How many years before you got married were you there together? We were there two years before we got married. And you were singing on the little team, right? The little prayer team? I was there two years. He came after I did. So it was a year before we dated. Well, two years, yeah. We dated. Yeah, we were singing. We were like staff for the internships. That's how we met. That's hilarious. I know. It's, it, yeah. So we did that. We were on a team together. We just we just sang and worshiped. And then I had Gabriel there. And then once I had Gabriel, it wasn't, it was not an easy lifestyle to do family. Yeah. It's a lot of hours. I mean, it was like 50 plus hours a week that we're in the prayer room and we're doing, we're doing worship, we're doing prayer. And then there's, there's teachings and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful community, but it wasn't as conducive once we had Gabriel. So that's when the Lord moved us. Yeah. We moved to Colorado okay. Springs from there. And you moved from Colorado Springs. What would possess you to move from Kansas City to Colorado Springs? That was crazy. Uh, I just started feeling like the Lord was, you know, when you're in a spot and you just, everyone else may be growing, but you kind of, you can't grow anymore. Yeah. There. And I felt, we, I started to feel that way. And it was about a year. I just felt transition. And I didn't, I didn't tell anybody because I felt like, gosh. I, I thought something was wrong with me because I was feeling so unsettled. And finally I told Corey and he was like, Hey, you're really off. Like yeah. <laughs> you couldn't be more off. He thought we, we thought we were going to be there for the rest of our lives. And I finally was so unsettled. Corey and I, we sat down and I was like, I think the Lord has something. He, he wants to, he wants to take us on a, a new journey here. So we asked the Lord to give me a dream to confirm it. I'm a dreamer, I guess. Oh, you're a big dreamer. So I had a dream, and in the dream, the Lord told me where we were going. And he told me first we were going to go to Kona, and then we were going to go to Colorado, Colorado Springs. And a crazy series of events started happening. We ended up in Kona, leading worship there. We were there for about a week and a half, and then we, we'd never been there before. And all of a sudden, we're leading worship at YWAM. We're out there with all of them. And then, boom, the Lord opens up this job at a church out in Colorado Springs. and Mike Bickle is like, this is God. I'm sending you. And we were there for five years. It was good. It was a really, it was a real time of being sharpened, honestly, and leaning into humility and learning more about the church in general. Because we've been so, we had only been in this one bubble. Yeah. And I feel like the Lord was just kind of like, ah, uh, that's not how, it, like he's just started to give us a heart for the greater church. So it was very similar to Gatewell, Gate, Gateway yeah. there. And I, he just had us there for five years. You didn't come in before um, Ted's departure, right? You came in after his departure? Yeah, right after. Right after his departure, <laughs> New Life. Um, and um, Brady, Brady was, was the pastor there, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brady yeah, was so. there. So we were there under his leadership for five years. And then we felt like it was time to go from there. Went to Michigan for five years and then landed in Nashville. I think a year after you did. You mean from for Gateway? Uh, yeah. You ca- when you came to Nashville, you'd been here a year. Yes. And then we showed then up. Then right? you showed up. Yeah, you guys showed up. Now, but you were you were at New Life. I want to. How long were you at New Life? New Life was five, five years. years. And then and then you went to um, Kalamazoo. Yeah, we were out there with Lee and Jane Cummings um, at Radiant Church, which that was like a beautiful yeah. time. We love them so much. That was like the most amazing healing time of being under pastoral care in our lives. Wow. Yeah, there's they're great people. Oh, they're great people. Yeah. And then we just felt like again, honestly, I couldn't handle the weather. It was too intense. It was too cold and it was dark all the time. And I'm from North Carolina, so it's Corey. And we just were like dying for sun. So after five years of that and then having babies in the dark and in the winter, I had two, two, our two last girls I had there and um, I just wasn't doing yeah. great. So I needed to come. I needed to get to a, a, a sunny or warmer spot. And Tennessee's been, it's been pretty good as far as yeah. that goes. It was, it's a good in between. Yeah, it has, it has the four seasons here for sure. Yes. And, and we just felt like it was time. I'd put it off. Corey had always been like, I want to go to Nashville and I want to be in Franklin. And I would just be like, no. <laughs> no, I don't want to go there. Well, it terrified yeah. me. It terrified me because what it represented to me was the industry. Mm-hmm. And I needed to work on trust with my husband in a way that I was, I could trust him in that atmosphere to know that we were 
we were strong enough to handle yeah. anything. And it wasn't his issue. It was mine. And he was gracious enough to let me get to that yeah. place. He knew we were supposed to be here, but he was gracious and he waited and uh, he took off a year and he just showed me over and over like, hey, you can trust me. Um, I'm never going to choose anything I don't feel the Lord saying to do. Yeah. And he just finally was like, are you ready? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm yeah, ready. but I think too, we talk, we've talked about this because I, I, you know, I would come out here 20 something years ago. I'd be out here land to do a showcase or you know whatever and I just you know as much as I loved the scenery I loved the vibe of the city and loved Franklin I just was like I just couldn't I just there was something there was just anxiety every time I I landed and I was like I feel like I would fight constantly with who God's called me to be trying to be somebody the industry would want me to be here and so I just was like I couldn't live there I just couldn't live in Nashville but every time I visited I was like man I I love this place I just oh I could oh I couldn't I couldn't live with that and then by the time we moved to 2019 I had so matured far beyond that that it was like I know who I am. What the, what the, you know, what am I worried about a city having anything to say about, you know, and then it was just like freedom. Like, what if? Yes. That was exactly how it was for me. I would have, it was like all of my insecurities would just, everything would, would hit, you know, the fan when I would land here and come in here. And I was just, I was like, I can't do this. Why would I do this? Why would I want to be in this? And, (laughs) and I didn't want Corey in it either, which is pretty controlling if you if you think yeah. about it. But he was willing to wait until I I was in a spot where I was like, no, I'm confident enough. I I love who I am now, and I'm ready to yeah. do this. Now, here's what I want to ask you too, because as a woman worship leader, songwriter, the one carrying the leadership position, the one recording records, the one doing all that stuff. It's a different role for me when you when you're that when you have those abilities, but then you marry somebody who's then all of a sudden recognized for what they do, and you kind of almost get classified by the normal people as the wife, <laughs> the yeah. wife of. And so I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess I could do a podcast with Corey. Maybe I'll do that one day. But I want to do one with Anna, like <laughs> you're the best. because there's so much the that best. you've walked through. From and and I've just talked to so many women who are the wives of their worship leader husbands, but they do background. And then you talk to them; it's like this was just as big of a dream as their husbands had sometimes. But but their roles kind of took on this different form. And then after they started having kids, it was this thing. It's one thing why I marvel at you because you're so creative and you're such a dreamer and you have so much discernment that you can't meet you. And be like, ah, oh, she ain't just a wife, man. You know what I'm saying? So talk to me about that experience. Like, even if it's Kansas City days, we're here, you're doing this thing, but then you marry the guy that, you know, you marry the guy that everybody, you know, thinks is the greatest. Yeah. Well, when we got married, actually, when we, when I started dating Corey, leadership sat me down and said, don't settle for him. Because. We were such flipped roles yeah. at that point. I was just in the forefront of things. I was the one teaching. I was the oh one singing. And he was the wild young gun coming in. With the in. chubby face. Remember his album with the chubby face? <laughs> yes. Yes. He looked sick. Oh, we laugh that. about that so hard. But so back in 2005, yeah. we it looked very different. And so us starting to date and, and then... Once we got married, oh, Rita, <laughs> we were like the biggest tornado of passion and hate. And it was, you put Corey and I in the same room and it's like, how do these people, how do these people That's so work? funny. Because we're so strong. Yeah. Both of us. And driven and yes. creative. So I, the first five years of our marriage were like wonderful and horrible because it, Honestly, was this what happened was we he started to get bigger 
as it wasn't, it didn't start that way. We were a little nobody, you know, we could barely make our house payment. Like we were on, you know, we were on support asking people to support us so we could do yeah. what we were doing. And then all of a sudden it, it slowly starts to change. And I had a really hard time with it. And I had a hard time with it because we started out together. And then all of a sudden he was getting the recognition. And that became though the most beautiful journey of, and then once I started having kids, it, it definitely uh, really started to change because I couldn't travel with them anymore, really. Like you could, we tried. Gabriel got to go a lot more places. But then once I had Lily, it was like, this is this is not doable anymore. And I would say that that for me was one of the roughest, roughest spots is when I had Lily. And I dealt, I was dealing with honestly a lot of depression after that because I felt like just hope deferred. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, here's the thing though. I you know, 16 years now in marriage, looking back, I, I made it Corey's fault. Why don't you say, why don't you stand up for me more? Okay. So at that point he was getting like a Bethel deal yeah, and yeah. like all of these things were happening. And I, my dream was let's do this together. Let's do this together. And there is this, I think a lot of wives can do that. You can become a victim, mm-hmm. a victim to the situations, a victim to the fact that you're hidden and not seen. Um, and then a and then a martyr of motherhood, yeah. <laughs> the martyrdom of motherhood. And um, I fell into that. I sank into that pretty deeply and um, for a few years. And it was in that place that I really had to wrestle with my identity and um, being seen by the father and not based on my performance or what I could do or, or the stage that I was seen in all the in-between mm. moments. While I was changing the diapers, while I was singing at my piano and no one heard, or singing the lullabies over my babies, and, or hard nights, and I'm, I'm just, yeah. you know, speaking in tongues over them and just, you know, in intercession over, over things and realizing that was so yeah. important and seeing the worth of that. And this thing began to happen, you know, that it was like, I started to realize, whoa, I'm a power. Wow. Like I, I started to see the lie that some, even the ones that are in the spotlight can take on that it's what Corey did was awesome. And his refinement process came in the spotlight, but my refinement process has came in hiddenness. And only God could know that he needed, he needed the spotlight to be refined and have to deal with a lot of things. And I needed the hiddenness for that because we're two very different people and I had to surrender to that and I but in the surrender the gold started coming out you know and I realized it was a there was one day I was something else had something had happened and Corey got to I'm sure do something cool and I was probably feeling (laughs) sorry for myself and I heard the Lord say you know why you know why you're hidden I was like why you know kind of pouting pouting and he said um I just, I just want to, I'm jealous just to have Mm. you. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) You know, of course you're going to say that. He's like, no, no, no. Who you are is so important to me. And I am so jealous for you that I am not willing right now to share you because this is too precious. These moments are too precious. And I cried. Like it was, I was wow. just a moment I needed yeah. to hear from the father's heart and I needed the whole time got redefined. Now I'm going to be honest and raw that, that even this last week, Rita, there's moments that this, this thing will, you know, show up where I'm like, I still, I still feel hidden or I still feel looked over or forgotten or whatever it might be. But I think what's changed is I'm not going to become a yeah. victim to that anymore. I had a young friend, you know, she just had her first baby. She texted me the other night and she was like, I'm having a really hard time with my uh, husband. He's writing all the songs. He's getting all the, he, he, he gets to do the stuff that it's my yeah. dream too. And she goes, please tell me this gets better. And I said, it will get better it probably that feeling will will come yeah. around more than once. And what you have to do and what you've got to get used to doing is respond right. in the right way. 
So when it hits you, okay. when, when you feel so unseen and so, you've got to ground yourself yeah. in the truth. And um, I think that I've gotten really good at doing that. And I think I really, really believe that when I am not seen and even the dreams of my heart, it's funny, they come around and they come around in the most unexpected ways. Like last year, for example, um, me and Corey toured together. We toured all over the U.S. together. It was one of the most beautiful yeah. years um, because that was a dream of my heart. And I actually didn't push for it. I didn't. That's one of these things I see a lot of a lot of wives do is just pushing and pushing. Like, don't do that. Just it comes down to trust. Do you trust that the father has got you? And he sees you and he knows when he's going to open the door and when he's going to shut it. And do you trust his leadership in your life for that? Or do you really not trust him? And so you're going to control and manipulate to get what you need so you can write your narrative. And I did that. I tried to control and manipulate so I could um, feel like I was something or someone. And I've done both ways. And then I've come to a place where I'm like, I'm, no, I'm going to trust that if there's something I'm supposed to do, he's going to open the door for it. And I don't have to push. I don't have to do a single thing for that. And in the meantime, I'm going to bust my butt loving my family well. And, and, and I'm going to bust my butt doing what he's told me to do. And today. you find peace in that eventually. So like much. it doesn't always happen right away, but, but when you, when you push to, to do the right thing, you actually do find peace eventually in it. Yeah. So much peace. And and it's so much more, I, I think the lie comes like, if I'm speaking to a, like right now, if there's a worship leader who is a wife who has got young kids or whatever, I, my biggest advice was don't be, would be don't become a victim to the situation where you're feeling sorry for yourself and don't blame your mm-hmm. husband because it's, in, it's not their yeah. fault, one. Unless, I mean, in most situations, I'll say that. Two, it is probably an invitation yeah. from the Father to say yes to hiddenness and refinement. And it's going to look very different. And then probably the refinement process for your husband or even for a lot of other people. Your refinement process, Rita, was probably so much different. But for me, Mine was honestly 10 big years of hiddenness. One day I was, I was sitting in, the, in my kitchen and my two littles were running around at that point. I had two. All of a sudden, I just got this urge to paint. Yeah, this is, I love this story. Like you've never had an urge to paint prior to this. You've not gone to art class. No, <laughs> nothing. The only thing I had done was one of those like the wine and paint things like with friends. I had done that a week before. I was so frustrated because it was so bad. That the whole rest of the week, I was like kind of annoyed about it. And one of my friends, she calls me up and she goes, "Listen, Anna, you can't be great at everything. Just yeah, just, yeah. Just just go ahead and just surrender to the fact that you're not going to be a good painter because it kept irking me. There was something about it that just wow. kept bothering me. So this day, I had this urge, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it another shot. And I sat down, I grabbed Gabriel's little six pack uh, watercolor Crayola, you know, and like this like printing paper. I sat down and uh, started painting. And all of a sudden I feel the Holy Spirit come on me in a way. I I only have felt when, when in certain times when I'm singing or prophesying over someone or, you know, and now I'm feeling like the fire of God is on me. It is like, I'm crying. It is this interest. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm paying attention. Like, this is not a normal scenario. And I paint this deer. I I don't know. It was just this. I was like, I'm going to paint a deer. I'm going to try this. And I look at it and I was like, oh my God. I just. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I'm paying attention. Holy Spirit. Like, what is happening right now? And I send it to Corey. And he was like, you are lying. You did not just paint that. I mean, at this point, we've been married probably eight years and nine years. And I never painted. I never did anything. All I did was write songs and sing and dance a little bit. Like, 
there wasn't a lot that that wasn't in my there was nothing I did and so that began it was like the Lord was so kind he knew that I was at that point my any hope I had for any dreams that I had had in my life felt so lost and I felt so hidden and Corey was like at one of the he was like reckless love was about to come out and he was he was really blowing up and I just it was a hard season for me in in motherhood and just general (laughs) wifehood (laughs) and uh, he gave me this gift at 27 years old he was like hey between me and you I want to give you something. That's yeah. This is just such a wild story to me. It's wild. I mean, are you looking at the deer after you paint it, and are you saying, "What did I just do?" Literally, I'm in shock, but I'm also really feeling the Lord strong. So I'm like really tender. And when you're painting it, I mean, like, are you looking at a picture and painting it? I, I like pulled up a picture of a of a stag, a deer, and I had looked at it a couple times just to be like, hmm you know, what do they look like? You know? <laughs> and then I kind of did my own rendition of it, yeah. you know, like it didn't look like the picture, but I was like, ah, I just kind of try to get the eyes right and stuff. And but, then I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, it was just wow. such a kiss from the Lord. <laughs> then I started getting all these, com- like people started finding out. I just painting. It was like such a wonderful outlet for me. And my kids loved it too. So I could sit down and paint and then they'd be painting. And it was like this beautiful thing. So then I started like, I started putting on, um, was it Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. Hey, I'm, I was showing some of my pictures. So then all these com- people were asking for commission pieces. So then I started making money and I was like, oh my gosh, I was feeling very fulfilled in the fact that there was something that I was able to give and to minister and to prophesy over people in a way from my home. I didn't have to leave my right. kids. I didn't have to. And it was this, incredible outlet and so then I started I mean people like Lisa Bevere was having me like do a piece for her and it there was like then bigger names you know started coming to me and I was doing things for companies and businesses and yeah it's crazy wow (laughs) I mean and I remember so many so many times going I was just like thank you God like thank you you're so good I had I thought I had figured out all yeah. that I had to give, but you had this secret and this surprise that you're like, actually, when you're 27 and you are drowning in diapers yeah. and poop. <laughs> I want to, I want to give you this gift that you had God. no clue about. And I mean, it undid me. Yeah. You know, like it was like that type of like, and so there was a confidence that came with it because right. it was straight from the Lord. I was just like, I don't know. He gave it to me. Like, well, what else can you say? Like you're taking that gift and then you're comparing it to other artists. And, and you know, yeah, that's what's so beautiful about it. It's like all of a sudden you sat down and you just were like, let me draw, let me draw this deer. And it's a Holy Spirit thing. So you're absent of all of the competitive, gross stuff that yes. You're, yes. you're kind of drowning in anywhere on the other side with the music industry. Yes. It's insane. Yes. Which I won't say, like, I will say the last year, the hardest part has been now, like I took some years off because yeah, I had two yeah. more babies <laughs> and it was just not, I yeah. did not have the capacity to do it. And this last year, I felt like I just felt ready. And I felt like there's an invitation that the Lord was saying, now I've, I've called you into a place of hiddenness, but now I'm calling you out. And will you hide now behind the hiddenness? And will you stay in that place and stay comfortable there? Or will you take a risk and will you come out of the hiding now? And that was pretty terrifying um, because I had gotten really comfortable with just like, oh yeah, I paint. Oh yeah, you know, I sing a little bit, but I don't have to display any of it. And it's none of it's in, it's never getting fatigued by anyone. So it feels pretty good, you know, to just be like, yeah, I do that, but yeah whatever but then I felt him go like no 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 it's time now to do this on a a greater scale and it actually honest it was like a thing of obedience now it's time to be refined in the spotlight you know and so I my sister sent me this thing she says I think you should do like a 365 day challenge Anna I was like I can't do that 
I was just like, no, I really think you can't. She's like, you've got what it takes. I was like, I have four kids. I'm homeschooling. Are you crazy? Like, I can't do that. She's like, no, I really think you should. My sister, she's 12 years younger than me, but she's like this creative little genius. And she's like, listen, I think it, you, you should do this. So I took a night and I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do it. I was like, okay, I'm going to paint every day oh, for 365 days. And I started and I put the first one out and I cried the entire day because it was so vulnerable. I grabbed Corey and I was like, I'm just going to let you know, today is a day. I'm going to need all the encouragement wow. you can give me. And I just bawled. And I bawled because it was time to come out of the place of hiddenness. And it yeah. was a risk. And it was such a beautiful thing though, because I think when you, you're in, when you're in that season of being invited to lay all the dreams down, lay it all down and give your life for whatever he's asking you to, to give it, you know, he's going to ask at some point, every person to lay the dream down. The, the seed has to die, you know, before yeah. it can become anything. And then once he said, you know, and he asked that of me, lay all the dreams down, let them die. Will you trust me with them? So I can, I can bring them back to life. And so when the time comes that he's like, okay, I'm breathing on this. Wow. It was terrifying. And so vulnerable and realizing, wow, being in the spotlight and, and, and having a gift and putting it out there isn't all date, all daisies and, yeah. you know, happy feelings. It is super vulnerable and, and it's refining. And I think, I know you get that, but it's, it's wonderful to yeah. be on both sides and have such a, I don't know, just a, a perspective of both of them, how they both are such an important part of how God gets to our heart. So I'm on this journey. I mean, I'm, uh, today's day 40. And, and is it just basically every day you're going to do something, you're going to draw something, whether little or big or, you know, or medium size, but you're committed to do yeah. that. I've saw some, I've seen some of your posts on your, the Instagram, you have a separate Instagram account for that, right? Yeah. It, it's called She Paints Virtue. I, I do it on there. And honestly, <laughs> but I did it, I was like, I just hope nobody sees. But Anna, your stuff is gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, every time I have a picture, I'm like, I it is with this story. I don't even know how to process this story. I know. It is crazy. I, I think coming out of, you know, basically three years of not painting, it was really intimidating yeah. to get back in it. And I literally looked at Corey the first day and I said, I think I forgot how to do this. And maybe I lost it. And he looked at me and he said, how could you lose it? Because I know, it was a gift you were never even place. trained how to do it. <laughs> no, he was like, you can't lose it. Oh you never God. had a class. <laughs> so he was like, you got to just get that out of there. And I was like, I looked, I was like, hmm, good point. And I moved on and I was, you know, but, but it was, it was intimidating to come back in. And here's the other reason it's intimidating because our family isn't necessarily just like the most right. hidden of families. So, I felt this time very aware of scrutiny and just like, I'm sure there's a million people out there that just are stunning artists and have gone to school and all this. So the enemy really yeah. tried to get in my head with that one. And then honestly, in the last 40 days, I've just come to the conclusion, like, you know what? Yeah. It's a gift and God gave it to mm -hmm. me and there's no way for comparison with that. And what he gave me, yeah. I'm supposed to yeah. share it. And then it's a challenge to myself to paint every day yeah. to do something for me because I, you know, as a mom, mom and wife of a traveling husband, and I don't do that very often. And so this was one of those things that God was like, okay, yeah. it's time. It's time for you to do this. It's time for you to do this for yourself. It's time to stop hiding. And, and it's been a great, it's great. It's been great. But now it's, it's a change of season. And I, I'm pushing you out there a little bit and it's going to feel uncomfortable, but that's because you got too comfortable yeah. in the hiddenness. So now we're going to go to the other side. And I, a lot of days I'll feel, I'll just ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying. And I have literally, I have about 12 years of things that he's spoken to me that some days I just, I, I'm like, oh, this painting is that message. Yeah. And I'll just, you know, write the message out with it. And, um, that's been fun. I had somebody ask me, like, how do you do that? Like, where is this coming from? And I was like, oh, this is coming from the last 12, 15 years of hard work with the Lord. 
And um, this just didn't come on a whim. This is this is out of years of surrender and giving up the dream and being grounded in my identity as his daughter and who in everything he says about me and then learning hard lessons and him speaking to me like this is this is a result of intimacy and relationship and I can yeah. tell that yeah that's really interesting to me too because I think you make a really great point in your persistence you know it's one thing to have all of the stuff that you have had to walk through, deal with uh, not feeling seen, and then go through the postpartum, raising of the kids, stuck at the home while your husband's getting glorified all throughout the earth. You know what I'm saying? And then, but you, but this isn't about you just being like, okay, God, I surrender. This is actually years of you learning how to surrender, learning how to lean down, learning how to just, it doesn't happen overnight. So I love your story so much because it does feel like almost like this entry point where the Lord's like, I've seen how you are so committed to the the process of what do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? Because you're so honest in, and then I got that wrong. And then I had to go through that door. And then I had to do that. And then I had to, because it really is in this yeah. particular realm that we're talking about when you have a dream that other people view, that you have a, a career choice that other people put you on a pedestal or other people kind of know your name or whatever. There's stuff that we go through as artists that I don't think most people are aware of what how it affects us. And that it doesn't matter how right. whole and healed you are. Every time you put a record out, you're putting your record out for people to judge, criticize, and and your season with the Lord can be flushed down the toilet in one comment on Instagram if you don't have, you know, yeah, if you oh, don't have the the this uh, the the strength and the surrender to the Lord to be like what they say doesn't matter, what they say doesn't matter, and I I love that you. I'm not going to say you've mastered it, but. I think because of your level of discernment, your level of tenacity with the Lord, when you go after the Lord, you don't want just to understand what it is he's kind of saying. You're like, no, just give it to me straight, full on, right between the eyes. And so we don't have to keep going around this stupid yeah. corner all the time. And I, then for him just to deposit something that's almost like a say law in your life that Corey doesn't have and, and that yeah. you actually have... But then when you show it and shine it out to the public, it requires the same amount of strength. You know what I'm saying? I just, it's just wild to yeah. me. The Lord's like, okay, you want to, you want to walk in that journey? Let's do this. You know? Yeah, it is. It's wild. It's so good. I'm so thankful for it. I, I am just, yeah. he's so kind and he's such, he's just so kind in the way that he fathers us, the way he, he leads us and, He's so, um, I mean, I made a million mistakes in, in all of those, you know, 12 years of, of just intense feeling lonely and, and hidden and, yeah. but that doesn't scare him. And he's still, you know, he, even in the middle of me, probably even being a victim, he showed up and he yeah. gave me a gift and yeah. it's not, it's just crazy. Like he's just so kind. The way that he yeah. cares us is so kind and extravagant and he just keeps giving and he just keeps he's so patient that's so great now where are you with like are you still being commissioned like yeah I am I I'm doing that on top I'm doing less because it's a lot I mean I have I have some pretty big dreams with all of this and I have for some years now and I I, I don't feel afraid now to just like, let's, let's do this. Like, let's go. If it's you, God, let's do this. And so some commissioning, I would, I, I, I have some dreams with where the art go, artwork goes and how it prophesies in, in different places, you know, and I've been so encouraged by the testimony so far, how people have been uh, touched deeply by Jesus through the artwork, right, whether right. it says Jesus on it or not. There, that's the spirit behind it. And I don't know. I'm just excited. And is watercolor all you do? It is my favorite. Um, I can I have done others, but 
I don't know. There's something about, I think because I am such a perfectionist, there's something about watercolor because once it dries, it, it's, there's not a lot that you can do with it and you just kind of have to be okay yeah. with the mess of it. That is really wow. great for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I mostly do watercolor. Yeah. So you're, you've got, well, you've got almost, what is it? 11 and a half months <laughs> <laughs> a year. <laughs> I mean, like I've, I've got, it's going to be such a great journey with you to find out where this goes and where God takes it. I keep, I keep asking you to paint justice. Oh, I'll try. I thought the other day, I was like, <laughs> why did I tell her no? Because literally I was like, that was fear. Like, why don't I just give it a shot and see what happens? The worst thing that can happen is it sucks. Right. And then we just throw it away. Well, I, you've, have you done, have you done, um, faces not very often that's why it freaks me out and so but I'm like this is what that this year is about to me though is seeing taking the entire year to paint every day to see what my style is what direction I want to go what is it about what art pieces make my heart yes. come like oh I love this this is my niche you know um, and so I don't want to be afraid this whole year. Every time I start to feel like I've got to make a brand or I've got to do a certain thing, I just go, uh-uh, we're not doing that. This is about risk taking this year and sticking myself out there. And no matter who thinks it's dumb or not, I don't, I don't care. I'm just going to try stuff that is a risk. So that's what I was like. Why did I say no? That was fear. And we're about taking a risk to figure it out this year and trying new things. It really and, is marvelous, the power yeah. of art in and of itself. I I was just telling my sister-in-law this afternoon how the most, I, I think, supernatural, peaceful, incredible encounter I had with the Lord was when I was living in Houston. And, and a friend of mine told me there was this convent that you could go do silent retreats at with the nuns. And so I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going, I'm going to go hang out with the nuns. Yeah. So I went for like a three-day weekend and you can't speak. Like you can't talk at all, which is amazing. You have to eat in silence. And they had this room. It was called the, I think it was called the icon room where, you know, they just, you would walk into this room of this old convent and it just had these chairs in front of these paintings. And you would just sit in the chair and and the whole point of the of the room was that you would stare at the painting and find the Lord in whatever the painting was. And, you know, at first I was oh, just like, so I mean, it's, it's just like these old relic kind of paintings, you know, that, that, that are just on the wall. I mean, it's kind of these oil paintings are on the wall. And it's not like some of them were, you know, almost like, almost like Catholicism based, you know, kind of paintings. But the whole point was to sit, yeah. sit in front of that piece of artwork and ask Christ where he was, where he is in it. I love that so much. I was kind of like, you know, just sitting, because I never had that experience. And to sit down and just in the silence of this holy kind of convent, and I just started sobbing. Like I just was just sobbing. And I couldn't even articulate why I was crying. But the art... Christ, just just being like, I want to find you in this piece of art, and God like opening up the piece of art in the moment for me, and just being like, I'm right here, and I'm right here, and I'm and I'm right here, and I'm right here. And there's this piece I bought, um, I think just before Christmas, in a just a like a old you know one of these old little stores that you pull off to the side of the road around Franklin, and you just walk in, and and a, a church in Massachusetts had they were demolishing this old church, um, this 18, 18, whatever century, you know, certain church, um, year old church. And, and there were seven paintings that depicted the walk of Christ to the cross. And there was one of those left people had bought them and there was one of those left. And I just was like, I have to bring this home. Like, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to put this thing, but I have to bring this home because it. I could. I felt the same thing in that painting that I felt in that icon right. room in that convent where I was like, not that it would speak to me every day, but I wanted the power of whoever hundreds of years ago painted that and put it, you know, in the in this old church and the colors and the vibrancy and the storytelling and the 
And I just am like, man, I'm so thankful for the way God gives us creative expression to, and and it empowers us with this spirit to actually like give, give life and energy and power and overwhelming sense of his presence in the middle of it. It's just so, what a gift, like what an incredible gift. Yeah. I remember the first time as you were saying that, you know, uh, Johnny and Melissa Helzer, when I was 13, I was, I went to their first camp um, that they had, they had just newly married and we all were, we were all North Carolinians and um, they had us do that. And it was like just an abstract type painting or whatever, but they sat down and they're like, what do you see? And what is he speaking? And it was one of the most powerful things to me as a 13 year old girl looking at this artwork and going, oh my gosh. And it's like it, it, it goes past your head and straight to your heart. Like you can't really put thought to what happened, like that interaction. You know, there's not really, you can't really say, oh, here's the formula that happened when I looked at yeah. that piece of art and yeah. I felt this way. And so that's the beautiful thing about it. It's like it passes yeah. your head and goes straight to the heart. It's very similar yeah. to how music yeah. and song, you know, like yeah. a melody can do that. And I, and as I've painted, one of my, one of the things, so interesting, I mean, do you remember, you know, the houses you grew up in or going into your grandparents' house or whatever? I can yeah. remember all the artwork in their house and the feeling that it gave me. And I would get kind of lost in it. And there's some that I didn't like. Like I was like, oh, you know, I didn't like that one. And then there was some that I was like, that's kind of boring, you know, or there was some that it was like, you wanted to jump inside of it. And I would either get a feeling of hope and inspiration or depending on the, what was behind that painting, I would be like, oh, I don't like that one. And I, so one of my like biggest dreams is to get as much artwork as I can in little kids' rooms. And just like, they don't know it, but the spirit behind my painting is prophesying over them. They may not even be believers. But yeah. that's, that, that painting is prophesying over them every day when they wake up and they see it or this home or that home or that, or that hallway, you know, wherever that, that, that gas station bathroom, you know, whatever it is that there's the spirit of Jesus Christ coming through a painting that could cause someone to turn their heart to him. So good. So yeah, those are so good. It's so good. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. I was in a, I don't think you've seen this painting upstairs, but I was down in Anaheim, California doing something once and this this guy came up to me. I mean, he just, he looked like, you know, he just looked like this cool kind of rough house guy, you know, and he said, I brought you something and he handed me this portrait of my kid. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, I'm a painter and I wanted to give you back something for what your music had done for me in my times of crisis in my life. And he's like, and so I was like, what do I do for her? What do I, what, what does she love? And he said, and I realized that you talk about your son all the time on your social media. And so I thought that's what she loves. So I painted him. So I have this, like this, almost like an Andy Warhol. I mean, he's like this funky, really like incredible artist that painted this, the snapshot of justice, you know, this black and white, you know, oil painting of justice that's hanging up in his room. That is just like, I'm like, I will never part with that. I will never, never stop. Not, you know, I I could never stop looking at that. It's just one of the most, it's like, I want to hang. Yeah. It's prophesying over justice. As long as he's had it, he sees that. And that speaks something like, that's who I am whether he knows it or not. I mean, unless the house burns down, like it'll be either on my wall for the rest of my life and then it'll be on his wall for the rest of his life and then maybe it'll be on his son's wall for the rest. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, I just, there's something about art. I mean, I even have on my, in my little den here that I'm at, it's just all my art wall, but there's my mother's self-portraits of my sister and I when she was an oil painter are on the walls, you know, and, oh. and I, I love those. I mean, like she was trying oh, to, love that. <laughs> yeah, but they're just like sacred. sacred. Yeah. So I love that. And I love that story. Yeah. 
I want it so bad for you to share it because I also think there are so many young women like you, especially now with the way that kind of worship and 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 Christian music is so it's got such a celebrity kind of culture to it, which has its good things and its bad things to that. Yeah. But that there are a lot of wives that start out with their husbands like doing this thing. And I've met a lot of them on the road. You've been a lot of them where where they they feel like yeah. their their guys are doing this thing and they're kind of this overlooked. And I just man, I was like, man, I just want her to share. That journey, because even in your painting, you're not saying that you don't sing anymore and that you don't write music and you don't do that stuff. No, those are still dreams of my heart, but I found a peace, a settledness. Yeah. You know what's interesting? When I come across, a, you know, women that have gone through the similar thing as I have, you know, a lot of like, when, when will it, when will this change? Will it ever change? And I realized the more that you surrender the dream, I know we've said this, the yeah. better it will come back. The, the better it will yeah. come back. That is so much more impactful than you could have, and so much more giving. And the fruit is so much better. And like that last year, that tour with, that Corey and I did, I honestly, after, it ha- after we did it, I didn't go looking for it. The Lord just dropped it in my lap. And it, it wasn't anything that Corey really had. It just happened, you know? Yeah. And, I did it. I realized one, how hard the road is and that I really miss my kids and I'd rather be with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, two, I, I realized I could have never made that happen better than the way that God did. And I, I read after it, I was just like, gosh, I am so thankful that I gave that to you. Yeah. Because, that is something now that you wrote that I had no control over that I didn't push for that is so much more there's so much more beauty in that season that we had together because I let that thing die yeah and it gave it back in such a more beautiful and my kids were so like it worked because God figured it out you yeah. know like it was his thing yeah and I was like let's do this this would be fun I think this is a good time and it was a good time. It was a good time for me. It was a good time for Corey. It was a good time for the kids. Everybody had fruit as a result. And there was grace. Now, this year, I don't feel the grace. And I'm like, I don't actually want to go. Right. And there's this freedom that's come. I'm not looking at Corey anymore going, you are the lucky one. <laughs> I'm going, actually, I'm the lucky one. Yeah. Because I don't, what you're having to carry and what you're doing, I get it. And that's a lot. And that's a big deal. And I'm cheering you on, but I'm going to be staying here in my yeah, yeah, yeah. with my kids. And when you get back, I'm going to, we'll have a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm praying for you here. I, like there's this, there's this freedom that comes in your heart when you surrender the dream. That's so good. Like it's just, and it's so worth it to be free. Yeah. And not try to control your narrative and to not manipulate to get, or whatever if you can just sit with it and it will be years probably some years some of you will get some of them will get it in a second but if you can surrender it oh there's so much freedom that comes to your heart that's so good man on that note Anna thank you so much for just being willing to finally do this (laughs) (laughs) and just give encouragement to other people that are especially women that are walking through trying to I think surrendering the dream you know, can sound so, um, it can sound so, oh no, oh no, oh no, but it's actually one of the best things you could possibly ever do, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, I, so I, scary. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much. I can't wait until your um, artwork's hanging on gallery walls. <laughs> is that one of your dreams? Are you like? It is, actually. It is. I mean, I'll just go ahead and speak it out. I, yeah, I would love for my artwork to be in galleries, but I'd even more like it to be in like a restoration hardware for nursery oh, or something yeah. that it's like, this is getting in people's homes. That's the home is where you live. Yeah, the home is where you heart. do yeah. everything. And that's where I want to be able to put Jesus in, that's, you know? That's so amazing. 
it's going to happen. And then we'll write a book on motherhood. And then we will. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, well, thank you so much, Anna. I just a shout out really quick to you and the media for making the Rita Springer podcast possible, bringing it into your listening devices. And another reminder that I have joined Patreon. If you want more of all the stuff that I'm offering, you can go to reespringer.com, grab the Patreon page, check that out, or go to patreon.com and type my name in there. So blessings to everybody and we'll see you on the next Rita Springer podcast.